Thank the Lord. Hebrews chapter 11, when all this pandemic started, I decided to go out of town for 16 weeks. No, I didn't decide that. I decided to start a series on Hebrews chapter 11 on the Hall of Fame of Faith. And I'm so glad I did because I'm going to tell you something. We need more faith. And we need to know that God is still with us and he is still available and we still can have victory through faith. Amen. Uh, tonight, Brother Jeremy Hall, Jeremy Hall, uh, Jeremy Smith, uh, right Jeremy anyway, will be preaching uh, so I can uh, concentrate on the deacons meeting. And uh, Brother Jason would be preaching, but he's got to do the master club afterwards, so we're all swamped. And Brother Jeremy volunteered to be one of my 10-minute preachers. And I thought, no, he's, 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 he can't do that. He's too long-winded. So we're going, to give him, we're going to give him 30 tonight, amen. No, he could do it, I guarantee you. But I appreciate him volunteering to touch my heart. A man that's pastored two churches and um, with all the experience wanted to do 10 minutes. So that's, that's humility, amen. And this week, Ben's going to do 45 minutes, and I'm going to do, I'm going to do 10. Not really. Uh, he, he, he's got 10-minute messages. This Wednesday night, start off, and you need to come back him up and pray for him. I'd come just to support Ben. I really would, even if I didn't preach. And I might not. If the Lord moves and we have an invitation, 17 people get saved, I won't preach. But um, I, I appreciate Brother Ben's faithfulness. And uh, then uh, the next 10-minute uh, preacher will be Brother Randy, and we'll go right through the end of the month. We're still praying about uh, whether they have awesome preaching in August or not. We might have sorry preaching in September. No, I mean uh, sensational preaching in September. <laughs> Amen. I was trying to think of a good uh, rhyme, and I thought of that, and I said, that wouldn't be good. Amen. Because we got some great preachers lined up, including Clayton Shumpert, 73 years of age. And I don't know why he's pre uh, traveling so much, because uh, that is really dangerous today. And uh, let's continue to pray for Brother Sammy Allen. They had to call 911. He's got the virus. And they had to call 911. And when they got there, uh, they didn't even need to take him to the hospital. He'd already uh, made a great recovery. So uh, the Lord, Lord intervened, probably through, most likely through prayer of that church, because they're a praying church. And Brother Randy, the pastor, co-pastor, I guess you'd say, uh, he had it. Now he's over it. So uh, let's pray for other churches that are going through far worse than we are. And... Uh, you know, it's just uh, a blessing to see our nurses here and seeing people that uh, are on the front lines every day. If I had to wear a mask 24-7, I think I would collapse. Amen? Praise God. I got, an, I got one yesterday to match my suit, and so I'm going to put it right here, and then I'll pull it out. Amen? And uh, it just, it's suffocating. But I want to tell you something. I think a mask is better than a ventilator. Right. Amen right there. Right. I think staying home is better than going to ICU. And uh, we're not, and I never thought we'd live in a day where we told people to stay home. God help us. We need to get right with God. Amen. We're telling people to stay home. Amen. And I, I begged people for 42 years to come here. And now we're saying stay home. But we do ask you if you do feel uh, feverish or you just have a, you know, bad attitude, stay home. <laughs> and then when it gets better, come on back. Amen. All right. Let's stop fooling around and preach. Amen. Good to see all of you here. Good to see the children here. One mom uh, texted me and said, do you mind if my child comes because he will not be quiet? I said, bring him on. Amen. Praise God. Louder he gets, the louder I'll get. But I appreciate that. I Because pre said, she said, I want him to be raised in church. And so that's good. Amen. Thank you for being here. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, I'm going to preach on seeing him who is invisible. Praise. Seeing him who is invisible. I'll tell you, without a cure, every problem we have, 
especially fear and panic, stress, problems, sadness, depression. We'll just see him. Because I'm going to tell you something. When you see him, he's enough. When you see him, he's on the throne. When you see him, he's not wringing his hands all scared to death. He's on the throne. He's in control. And he has allowed this for a reason. And we'll find out after a while what that reason is. Let's stand on the word of God. And we'll read verses 23 through 29. Not many verses to stand. I've enjoyed this journey of faith, haven't you? And we're on Moses. Last week we preached on Moses' mama. And what a great mama she was. Amen. She raised Moses to be a great liberator. But I t today I want to preach on Moses. It says, And by faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents, because they saw he was a proper child. That means they had a real purpose for his life. And they were not afraid of the king's command. And by the way, nobody's told us we can't meet in Georgia. Thank God for our governor. You ought to pray for him, amen? Thank God for him. I'm glad we don't live in California. But look, let's go on. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of the Pharaoh's daughter. Now listen, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the approach of Christ greater riches than uh, the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto recompense of reward. And by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. And through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood. Amen. Lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith. They passed through the Red Sea. Think about that a second. As by dry ground, which the Egyptians are saying to do, were drowned. And by faith, and I'll stop right there. Let me read that again. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry ground, which the Egyptians are saying to do, were drowned. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for this privilege of a lifetime, and that is to worship the living God. We thank you, dear Lord, that um, you have given us a reason to worship because you are worthy, and God, you are enough. And God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power. God, we thank you, God, for the promises of the Word of God. And what a beautiful song that was to go right along with this message. God, increase our faith as we hear and heed the Word of God, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name, amen. How many need more faith? Say amen. I mean, all of us need more faith. You know, uh, through this chapter, I, I see men and ladies, just ordinary people, and dozens of great men and women of the word are listed in this very chapter, and their exploits uh, are there, and their trials, their tribulations, their tests, as we preached on a couple of weeks ago with Abraham and Isaac. And they experience such tragedy as, as great, um, and, and nothing to compare with. Even the, what we're going through is nothing compared to living under persecution and, and brutality and, and, and for being a Christian. And the reason they endured uh, with such glory is they saw him who is invisible. Here's the key verse, and I believe the whole chapter of uh, 11 of Hebrews, seeing him who is invisible seeing him who is invisible. By faith, we can literally face and go through anything if we see him. In other words, his presence is the essence of faith. 
that we believe he is, not he was or he's going to be. Amen. And faith will literally allow you to hold on uh, to his hand through all the troubles and trials. When I got ordained to preach many thousands of years ago, it seems like, down in Claxton, Georgia, the fruitcake capital of the world. My preacher said a fruitcake left when I moved out of town. I don't know why he said that. But um, I remember at the ordination service, the whole choir gathered on that afternoon service and they sang the song, I'm trusting to the unseen hand. And I want to tell you something, friend, that's what we need to do. Not just to preach and not just be a pastor, but to trust him through the trials of life. To trust him to do what you could never do. So I want to give you a few things this morning, and I hope it will be a blessing to your, your heart. I want you to see the traits enjoyed by those who see him. The traits enjoyed by those who see him. Number one, we have a special birth. Look at verse 23. The Bible says, by faith when he was born, uh, was hid three months at his parents, by his parents, because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's command. And so, folks, listen, by faith, we're born again. By faith, we enter in. By faith, we enter, we're delivered from this old world of sin and the, and this, uh, the boundaries and the slavery of, of self and sin. And, folks, it's wonderful to be saved. Amen? In John chapter 3, turn there with me, please. And uh, we actually had some visitors uh, uh, Wednesday that uh, were under conviction. I thank God for that. And maybe you're under conviction this morning that you need to be saved or you're listening by way of internet. And I pray that this day will be the day that by faith you receive the finished work of the cross of Calvary. But John chapter 3, and I know you know these verses, but it's good to see it, underline it, and, uh, and memorize it. It says in John chapter 3, in verse 3 through 7, the Bible says this. I'll get there in just a moment. Jesus answered and said to him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Uh, can he enter into the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say to you, you must be born again. Folks, we must be born again. The Bible tells us that we're drawn nigh to God and, and we're, we're, the petition wall is broke down. And there is no religion that can bridge that gap between your lostness and his, his salvation. We must come by faith. Romans chapter 8, verse 7. Look at that with me, please, real, real quick. Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 7, the Bible says this. Um, it says, in Romans 8, verse 7, it says, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is the substance of the law of God, neither can we indeed be. So then they that are of the flesh cannot please God. You cannot please God in the flesh. You can't come to God in the flesh. You can't be born of God in the flesh. So number one, uh, when, you're, when you have faith, it, start, it all starts at Calvary. It all starts at the death, burial, and resurrection. When you have faith in Christ, you put your life in his hands and you go to heaven instead of hell. Thank God. You have abundant uh, life, which means an abundant companionship, an abundant leadership, and a fatherhood and a care that only God can give you. What, what a wonderful experience it is. What a wonderful life it is 
to be saved. And you're saved by faith. You're saved by grace through faith. It, it's, it's a gift of God. And it's not of works, lest any man should boast. And then verse 10 says in Ephesians 2 that we're his workmanship. Then we have uh, a separated life by faith. Look at verse 24. This is amazing to me. My faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of the Pharaoh's daughter. Now, folks, I don't know if you realize this or not, but the Pharaoh was the god of the world, G, little G. He owned all of it. He was rich, and he gave up being a billionaire to be uh, identified with his slave brothers and sisters called Jews. And I want to tell you something, friends. He separated himself from all those luxuries. Look at verse 25. Choosing rather to suffer the afflictions of the people of God with the people of God, slaves, than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. The pleasure of sin for a season. So there's a separated life. And folks, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, God will give you a walk with him that is so precious. As you come nigh to him, he'll come nigh to you. All you that labor and heavy laden, he says, come to me and I'll give you rest. And that's spiritual rest, but it's soul rest. Some people are so restless in their hearts. They're so, they're so, they're so upset in their hearts all the time. And folks, God tells us that there is no condemnation of those that come to him. And folks, we have a wonderful beautiful life with Christ, thus away from the world. We don't live by the mandates of the world. We don't live by the slavery of the flesh. We don't live by the, the, the um, pressure of the, of the world. We live by God's presence. Look at Isaiah 59, verse two, real quick. I don't know why real quick, we got plenty of time, praise God. I, uh, even Brother Randy sings 15 verses of the songs. I still got plenty of time, amen. Uh, Psalms, Isaiah. I like the whole message of the Psalms, I'll tell you that. Poet never wrote one stanza if you just read one stanza. He wants you to read them all. Amen. So I was the one that started that many years ago. And so don't get mad at him because you got to stand, get mad at me. But you ought to be up here. I thought about one day just sitting down for 30 minutes, let y'all stand up for 30. See, see how you'd like it. I don't think you'd like it too much. Amen. But look at verse 2. It says, but your iniquities have separated, Isaiah 59, you with me? But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. I won't tell you why you can't afford to live in sin, because you can't afford to be without his presence one day. The Bible says if you regard iniquity in your heart, he'll not hear you. I won't tell you what's so terrible about sin, because there is no little sin, because every sin separates you from the fellowship the communion, and the power and presence of God. So sin should be exceedingly sinful. That's just a little white lie. No, it's a, it's a dark lie. Amen. It's just a little sin. No, it's a big sin because every sin separates us from the presence of God. And folks, what we need to do is be separated from sin. That means, that means uh, not perfect, but that means a desire to grow. And then third of all, we see the trait enjoyed by those that saw him and that sees him by faith is that you have a supernatural faith. Look at verse 28. The Bible says, through faith he kept the, um, the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he, he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. You know the plague, the last plague, was when all the firstborn of the, of the Egyptians would die when the death angel passed by. 
But praise God, the Lord gave a way out for the firstborn of the Jews, and they would sacrifice a perfect lamb. What's that a picture of? Jesus Christ, and put it on the lintel of the door, and when the death angel passed by, they were screaming and crying all down the streets of the death angel taking those firstborn of the Egyptians. But praise God, those children were under the blood. And folks, you need to be under the blood. It's a supernatural deliverance. It's a supernatural faith. Praise God, folks, it's beyond uh, uh, victorious. It is victory. And we're per we persevere and we're preserved in Christ and Christ alone. And so, folks, it's a supernatural faith. It ought to be a supernatural life that you're living. Amen? We're above this world and not high, high, uh, uh, holier than thou, but praise God, we walk on a different plane. We're, we ought to take the high road. Folks, we ought to be separated, but we ought to have a supernatural life. You ought to be proof positive evidence that God is real. And folks, he who is invisible ought to be very visible to you, and thus you ought to reflect his presence, and you ought to magnify his presence, whether by life or by death. Amen. And so, folks, it's a wonderful victory. It's a victory that spe brings a special birth. Those who believe God and see him uh, they see themselves as a sinner, and thus they need to be saved. They see themselves without hope and without help, and they see themselves to separate themselves, coming to God. Separation is not just turning from a bunch of rules and regulations by rules and regulations from the world. It's turning to God. You're separated unto him. You love the God so much you don't love the world. You love God so much you don't love the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh. And so it's a supernatural faith. Uh, look at Hebrews chapter 12. Can't wait to get there in a few weeks. It says in verse 1, Therefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. And that can be some good things. It's not the best thing. Any weight that keeps you from serving God and worshiping God, it's a weight. It can be a good thing. It can be a good person keeping you out of the house of God. That's why you need to marry right, praise God. You ought to marry somebody who wants to go to church. Amen. But it says... Uh, and every weight, and the sin which does so easily beset us. The sin is not the sin that you've got a personal weakness with, even though I believe everybody's got one. It's called flesh. But the sin is the sin of unbelief because these witnesses are not referring to somebody in the grandstands of heaven looking at your life, which I don't know if God lets them do that or not. Uh, I'll find out when I get there. And I kind of hope he does because I'd, like I'd like to keep an eye on how y'all doing after I leave. But it might not be that way. But I'll tell you one thing. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, that refers to verse, chapter 11. All these people were witnesses. They were testimonies of what faith can do, what God can do, what, who God is and how great thou art. And folks, listen, we have a supernatural faith. Look at verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, we're in Hebrews 12, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. If you, look, if you want to see him who is invisible, don't look at him wringing his hands wondering what he's going to do with you. Look at him as Almighty God. Look at him as Jehovah Jireh. He is enough. He is here. Hallelujah. And he will provide, say amen right there. And folks, we need to have a supernatural faith. 
We need to believe that he is and reward of them that diligently seek him. Verse 6. Uh, I skip verse 26. The Bible says, for he had respect unto recompense of reward. Folks, I want to tell you something. He turned his eyes from, from uh, being the richest, most influential, most powerful man on this earth to God and became a nobody. And folks, our eyes must be on Jesus if he's going to see us through. And if you're going to get through, you will, you will have a nervous breakdown without seeing Jesus. You will worry yourself sick without seeing Jesus. You will, you will digress and die miserable and depressed if you don't see Jesus. He is enough. He saved you, and certainly he can sustain you. Can somebody say amen? amen? And then last but not least, the trait enjoyed by those who see him is a surpassing victory, a surpassing victory. Look at uh, verse 29. It says, by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians are selling to do were drowned. Now, folks, it's surpassing victory. When other people fall apart, you ought to keep on going. Whether we win or lose, uh, the battles of life is immaterial. We're still more than conquerors. We are victorious. I want you to turn to a great verse, 2 Corinthians 2.14. You got your Bibles? Amen. Look at it. 2, Tim uh, 2 Corinthians and chapter 2 and verse 14, please. 2 Corinthians 2.14, a verse that every Christian ought to prayerize, actualize, and memorize. It says in verse 14, please. Now thanks be unto God. I'll wait on you. It's right after 1 Corinthians. <laughs> Amen. It says, thanks be, now thanks be unto God, which also causes us to triumph in Christ. Did you see that word always? I believe that means always. Last time I checked, the King James Bible is inspired, inerrant, and preserved. Amen. And I believe every word is inspired. He said always. Now thanks be to God which always causes us to triumph in Christ and making uh, manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. Folks, not only is it important that we see Jesus, it's important that other people see Jesus. And I want to tell you something, this is a great opportunity to witness. This is a great opportunity to be a victorious Christian in front of your friends your neighbors. They ought to see you coming to church. They ought to see you worshiping God. They ought to see you out in the yard uh, singing songs while you're uh, cutting grass. Amen. They ought to see you um, having victory in your relationship with your children and in your, in your mate. There ought to be a surpassing victory. Look at verse 29 again. The Bible says they passed through the Red Sea. They passed through the Red Sea. One theologian said, that's not the Red Sea, that's the Reed Sea. And that sea was only about six inches deep. Well, I'm going to tell you something. There's a greater miracle if that's true then. A whole Egyptian army drowned in six inches of water. Say amen. That's a stupid, I mean, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Amen. Folks, I want to tell you something. It was a, a roaring deep sea and God split it. All of you seen the Ten Commandments. Y'all seen Charles, Charlton Heston go through it. Well, I don't know how, he, how God did it, but I want to tell you something. It was a wall that made a path, and then they got through that thing, and when those Egyptians, with all their riches and all their armor and all their horses and all their chariots, they got about halfway through there, and whoom, God pulled a plug. 
And I want to tell you something, friend. I'm glad I'm on the winning side. I'm glad I'm on the victorious side. Say amen. Hey, listen, you didn't plan on smiling when you got here, but you ought to smile right now that you are more than a conqueror and you have surpassing victory by faith. Surpassing victory. What's your problem? God knows it and God will give you victory over it. And then I see, folks, secondly, the troubles encountered by those who see it. You know, a lot of people say, well, if I just get saved, all my problems is over. I want to tell you something. Folks, when you get saved, your problems are not over, but he's over all of them. Amen. amen. You're not under the circumstances, you're under Christ. Amen. Say amen right there. Thank God you are, you are more than uh, able to conquer every circumstance that comes in your life. Don't get under the circumstances, get under Christ. I'm not going to let this pandemic defeat me. I'm not going to go around bad-mouthing, poor-mouthing, whining and pouting, or my wife would kick me out the door. She'd try to anyway. But I'd come back because I'd get hungry. But anyway, I'm going to say this. I'm just going to say this, friend. I'm not going to be defeated. I'm not going to be down in the mouth. I'm not going to be going around thinking I'm going to die any minute. I might. Uh, but I want to tell you this, friend. We need to endure some suffering. Because Christians endure suffering. Look at verse 25. It says this, choosing rather to suffer the afflictions with the people of God. Become a slave. Give up a billion dollars. How many could do that? Don't raise your hand because you don't know if you would or not. Some of you win the lottery. You probably wouldn't even tell me. But I wish you'd tithe. But anyway, look at this. It goes on to say this. Choosing rather to suffer the afflictions with the people of God. You know I don't believe in gambling. I believe in buying milk when you go to the store. Say Amen. Not even cigarettes, praise God. But look at this, choosing rather to suffer the afflictions with people of God uh, than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And I always took that out of context when I said, yep, there it is, sin for a season. That's awful sin. That's that sin of adultery and, and fornication. But in context, that's not what this means. He said he gave up the sin of the season. That's the pleasures and success of life. He gave that up by faith. He'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. He gave up being a Pharaoh's son to be a slave, but a liberator and a director and a leader, a godly leader, friend. And I want to tell you something, friend. He, uh, he, was, uh, he turned from um, his suffering and then he also endured solitude. Look at verse 27. It says, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. But I guarantee you there was some wrath when he did it. And I guarantee he was looked at as the most foolish person on this earth. Moses was 40 years in the desert and 40 more leading the children of Israel. And there were times when you, he'd walk alone as a human. As far as human companionship is concerned. You ever felt lonely? You ought to be a pastor. You'll feel lonely a lot even though people are all around you. But if you're saved, you'll never be alone spiritually. Amen. And I want to tell you something. He said, God, uh, he said, I will never leave you or forsake you, Hebrews 13, 5. He says, lo, I'm with you always. He, Matthew 28, 20. Jesus is always there and he always understands. And folks, loneliness hurts. But Jesus can make it worthwhile. Daniel was lonely in the in the lion's den, but who was magnified when those 
lines got locked jaw. Isn't that a miracle? Gosh, yeah, that's just a little children's story. That's what's wrong with you. You don't believe the Bible. By faith, I believe they got locked jaw. Praise God. They didn't want Daniel Burgers. They just want, they want, they, they, they were fed up with that. You'll get that later. You think about Jesus, all he went through. His own people rejected him. The cross, the agony. Paul, he became a, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees, and when he got saved, his own people rejected him. The day, to this day, when Jews get saved, the whole family rejects you. You get baptized in a Baptist church, you're disowned by Jews, Jewish family. But folks, I want to tell you something. He endured suffering, he endured solitude, and he endured shame. Look at verse 26. It says, it says, esteem of the approach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures, and he had respect and the recompense of reward. Probably called a fool, in popular to be saved. Um, but in the end, it's worth it. And folks, really, it's very worth it when you realize who's with you through all the solitude, through all the suffering, and all the shame. And then thirdly, we see the tactics employed by those who see him. Number one, they make the right commitments. When you're, when you're, when you're living by faith, there is an evidence. It's obedience, but it's also commitment. Folks, we ought to be committed people. We ought to make the right commitments. The right commitments. Look at verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of the Pharaoh's daughter. That was a tough decision. That had to be hard. He'd been raised by the Pharaoh's daughter. Thank God his mother became the babysitter and formed in his life some foundational truths. You better teach your children between ages one and seven, or excuse me, zero and seven. <clears throat> you ought to sing to them while they're in the womb. Praise God. You ought to bring them to church where they recognize my voice when they're when they're born, saying, where's that loud mouth preacher I had to endure for nine months? You say, you're crazy, preacher. No, I believe life begins at conception. Don't you? That's what the Bible says. Folks, uh, listen, um, we need to realize that they made the right commitments. Look at verse 27. By faith, they, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured his seeing him who's invisible. Look at verse 28. Through faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. He had to, by faith, go by God's direction to spare his people, especially the little babies, and put the blood on the lintel. He didn't put it on there. His family did. And so there's a commitment to believe God. And the devil will try to kick the commitment out the back door. The devil will try to get you to live by feelings and focus and figuring when you ought to live by faith. Live by faith. And when you live by faith, you're a committed person. You're an obedient person. Then they made the right choices. Look at verse 25. Verse 25. They made the right choices. Faith will enable you to choose God way over what, uh, and it's not always easy. Those who see him choose to walk in his path. Paul made a great choice when he got saved. And that choice was also to preach the, the word of God. And he was a great persecutor that became a great preacher. He was a murderer that became a great missionary. And folks, Moses, the same way, he made the right choice, verse 25, choosing rather, 
to suffer the afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. Can I go back to Amram and Jochebed just for a second? You need to teach your children to grow up spiritually and to make the right decisions. I want to tell you something. You marry wrong, you're in trouble. You marry some heathen, it's a battle. Come on, ladies, that's right. You ought to heed when you're little, your mama taught you principles and values. You ought to stay to that and go by that and make the right choices because if you make the wrong choices, it'll ruin your life. It'll hurt you more than you ever thought it would. It'll keep you lower than you ever thought it would. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. The only hope our children have in this wicked society, this humanistic society, this violent society, this crazy philosophy, Wicked politics, all this junk going on. The only hope our children have is to raise a Moses and a Miriam and an Aaron. Raise someone that has the right values. Raise someone that has the right commitment. Raise someone that says, hey, listen, I'm not going to give you to the devil because there is a proper, uh, um, uh, a proper purpose for your life. There's a, there's a spiritual purpose. You are created for his glory. You're created to honor God, and you're not going to live for this world. And there ought to be some guidelines, even strict guidelines. And I want to tell you something. It is so, so precious when a child gets saved young. So precious. They don't have to go through what some of y'all went through, live like the devil. You got scars right now because of it. Yeah. I mean, you folks, they get saved young, you ought to rejoice. Rejoice that they made the choice to get saved. And then parents, don't give up when the devil tries to lure them and sway them into this world. Just give them the right choices to make. And don't give them a choice when it comes to worshiping God. So as for me and my house, we, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to church. We're not voting on it. We're going to church. We're going to read our Bible today. We're going to have home devotions. We are going to tithe, even though we can't afford to. You can't afford not to. It's all by faith. And then they made the right calculation. Look at verse 26. It says, esteeming the reproach of, the, of, of Christ's greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. We have respect and the recompense of reward. Folks, let's calculate it for a second. Those who see him know that the end of faith will justify the journey. Therefore, they are able to count everything in their lives as dung, Philippians chapter 3, refuge, that they might win Christ. And I want to tell you something, folks. There's a lot of things in this world that's just too important to a lot of people. Prestige, power, money, being popular, Folks, people grow up being ate up with that philosophy. I got to get ahead. I got to be the most popular. I got to have this, got to have that. I'm going to tell you what you need. You need God, and you need to glorify God. And folks, sometimes God calls us to sacrifice. Sometimes God calls us to a, a great commitment. And folks, listen, the next generation is doomed unless somebody becomes an Amram. Somebody becomes a Jacob and says, hey, by God's grace, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to instill in you the values of God. Amen. Amen. Hey, man, it's the most rewarding experience. 
There's no greater joy that your children turn out right, that they walk in truth. No greater joy, the Bible says. And so there's a calculation. What is that calculation? That God is enough and that God will come through and that God's word is always true and that his presence is more precious than gold. His presence is more precious than the things of this world. His, his word is more precious than any book that's ever been written. And folks, it's like precious faith. It's knowing God is maybe invisible to the lost and dying world, but very visible to you because he's real. He's relevant. And he is enough. There's nobody like him. If you could just see him at Calvary, and you should through the word, you'd be indebted to him. If you could just see him as he arose from the dead that third day and conquered death, hell, and the grave, you would trust him with your problems. You would trust him with your entire life. If you could just see him as he directed his disciples and trained them and those little old, uh, skittish cowards turned into powerful uh, missionaries and powerful preachers and powerful witnesses and soul winners and the Bible says they turned the world upside down, then you'd realize that when you see him, there is an invincible purpose to your life. There's a precious pur purpose. There's an encouraging purpose. But praise God, there is a victorious purpose for you being alive. Let's pray. Father, use this message. Thank you, God, for the privilege of preaching this morning. And thank you, God, for this passage on Moses. God, I don't believe that Moses was an escapee from some wax museum. I believe he was a real person with real problems and real temptations and real passions. And God, he refused a lot of things by faith. He suffered a lot of reproach because of faith, but all oh, was he rewarded by faith. And became the great liberator and the great lawgiver and dear God, the great leader that we all wanna be. And most important of all, God, the great child of God that magnified you as enough. He saw him who was invisible. May we, dear God, have faith to believe that you are who you say you are. And not only that you are who you say you are, but that you care. And God, not only that you care, but you're actively involved in our life to lead and guide. If we'll just take the one word to heart, obedience, commitment, faith. With every head bowed, every eye closed. It was amazing to me, the disciples, one time on the stormy seas, looked at Jesus and said, Master, care us not that we perish? Now, what a, what a terrible question to ask the master of the wind, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the one that allowed the storm, the one that created every storm. And he said, you know I care. It's amazing that Peter came to him and said, Lord, Lord, you know I love you, and he never did show it. Praise God, he did later when he had by faith yielded more of his life to God. 
Folks, it's amazing to me that sometimes we doubt God when we ought to trust Him. And if there's ever a time that we need to trust God is today. These last times, I believe we're in the last days. I believe this pandemic is a forecast of the pestilence of the tribulation. I believe He's coming soon and we're running out of time. Folks, I believe that what we ought to do is in these last days, see Him who is invisible. But you'd say, preacher, this morning, I need more faith. I go by my feelings sometimes. I go by figuring too much. And I surely go by the focus of what everybody else is doing. If everybody else is going to panic, I'm going to panic. If everybody else is going to be fearful, I'm going to be fearful. And I believe you ought to be cautious and wise. We're trying to do that around here. I don't think you'll find a cleaner, safer place to be. Trust me, I'm trying. But folks, I'm going to tell you something. i got one that's trying a lot more than I am. That's God. But you'd say, preacher, in these last days, need more faith. I want you to pray for me. I got some problems I can't handle. I got some people that are wrenching my heart and breaking my heart. And I can't handle it. I'm tired of trying. I really am. And I know some of you are going through some horrendous trials. But you say, I just need more faith. Would you lift your hand up high for prayer? I got to raise both mine. I need more faith. I want to see him who's invisible when I'm tempted to fall apart. I want to see him who's invisible when I get so hurt at some things people say about me. I want to see him who's invisible when I think, can I give that up for you, Lord? God is able to give us more faith. Is there anyone here say, preacher, I've never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal savior. And by faith, I know I need to do that. And I want you to pray for me that I'd be saved before it's too late. There's anyone lost in here so I really need to be saved. It all starts this journey of faith by trusting Jesus as your Savior. You can't have faith until he gives you faith by trusting the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord. Anyone? Say, I'm not saved, but I'd like to be. I want to pray for you. Anyone? I didn't say you as a church member. Everybody is in Dalton. I didn't say you believe about God. I'm saying, have you trusted the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and been saved? You say, Lord, I, I, preacher, I have it, but I sure want to pray for me. Anyone? Father, thank you for the message. It spoke to my heart. I want to leave here with more faith. God, I know that you'd never trust me to be like Moses. But God, you'll trust me to be like who you want me to be. God, I want to be, I want to be a good daddy. I want to be a good granddaddy. I want to be a good papa. I want to be a good husband. Lord, I want to be a good preacher and I definitely want to be a good shepherd to this flock because I love them so much and I hurt when they hurt and I'm honored when they're honored and I'm so proud when they live for Christ and react and, and yield to you during these difficult times with joy unspeakable, faith, peace, and caring for others. So proud. But Lord, help us. Help us, God, as a multitude of hands was raised. Some folks raised both hands. But they wanted to live by faith during this time and the rest of their time that you give them. And God, it's all because they want to see you work. And Lord, we'll be careful to give you the praise and the glory and the honor when you do it. And Lord, we know that you will. That you'll come through because you always have. 
We love you for that. And we appreciate you. And we adore you. We just want to lift you up to a lost, panicking, pitiful, sinful, angry, bitter world. God, give us the privilege to magnify you so they too can say, I see him who is invisible. In Jesus' name.